Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. How was your weekend? Get away? Yeah, we got up to the cottage. Yeah. A little buggy. Oh, yeah? yeah? But, you know, tough to complain. But, yeah, there's a lot of mosquitoes. Yeah, I, I got to be tough. Further north. I mean, I love a cottage and all of that stuff. But it seems to me that the, the window of time when it's just picture perfect, when the bugs kind of die down, the black flies go away. Right. You know, it's short, right? You get like yeah. maybe July and some of August. And then that's why you see a lot of people going for pools. Mm. You know, there are a lot of pools and, and, and pool companies there. And you can kind of see why. Because although, yeah, it might be a short window to use, at least you got all week. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go cottage or camping mm-hmm. and you're waiting all week long, you finally get to the weekend and then you got like a rain rolling in or right. it's cloudy. And, yeah. you know, it's so weather dependent. And then, yeah, you get kind of like the black fly season, the mosquito season. And then it's really good for a little bit. Two weeks in there. <laughs> and then it starts to then pack it up yeah. for the winter. Shut her down once again. We went off. It was Maria's uh, birthday this weekend. And so since uh, she loves to golf, we went and did a uh, a long 72-hole weekend. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you tried to get the golf out of her. Like, like, yeah, like, this I is it. I can't. No? I can't get the golf. She can play 36 a day every day. Really? Yeah. It, it's it's out of control. Yeah. But for me, personally, I, I'm so competitive with it. Yeah. I, I would find it draining mm. to play 36 holes because I would I would get frustrated if right. I'm not on the entire right. time. And you're, and I guess you, you, you're a great example of a guy who's pretty pretty good golfer compared to, to many. And so you would think, well, for you, it would be easy to stroll through all those holes because you're going to drive it and you're going to stroll up and it's going to be four or five, six on a bad hole. Right. Whereas the rest of us who aren't great and we're swinging eight, nine times, right. it's exhausting. You know, well, I guess... It's a little more carefree, maybe. Like if you don't necessarily care as much where it goes. Right, 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 <laughs> right, right. Well, we played 72 holes. Wow. I played 71. <laughs> now, here's... And it I, wasn't the final hole. Oh, no, 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 no. It was no. like the 13th hole on Sunday where okay. I just had a complete childlike meltdown. <laughs> um, but here's the thing, and I realized this about me, and I've said it many times. I'm a far better golfer buzzed right or not yes. not hammered but a good glow gives me the loose spine lets me uh, relax into it uh-huh. like saturday morning we were teeing off at 7 30 in the morning and i can't remember the last time i golfed at 7 30 in the morning and uh and so we had our breakfast we had coffee on the cart or whatever and i had a little uh thing of uh royal uh, crown royal in my okay. in my bag okay and uh and i was i was gonna leave it there well the third or fourth hole in, I said, screw this. I got right into the Crown Royal. <laughs> How does it go with Gatorade? It's, uh, I don't know. I drank it straight. <laughs> I had I finished my coffee, and I just used that cup to, uh, and I was putting that back. And by about the 12th or 13th hole Saturday morning, again, I was playing just fine. Okay. You know, nothing special. Getting it up there 150 to 200 yards. My chipping was great. I, 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 I sunk one from 60 uh, yards out. I heard that, yes. Yeah, yeah. So then Saturday afternoon, got drinking again and, and played okay golf. Saturday morning, no good sober. Saturday afternoon, drunk, great. Friday afternoon, drunk, great. Sunday, got to be careful. You got to drive home. Plus, I'm exhausted. Uh, a whole 13, I melted down. Then 14 through 18, I just started calling the other three every name in the book. <laughs> couldn't contain my anger or resentment. I noticed when I texted you yesterday that, hey, we got an opportunity to play 36 tomorrow. No response. No, no. I told all of them on the course, if you ever want to play 72 again, lose my number. And I was trying to hold it together. It was Maria's birthday, and I didn't want to be... 
And I, I, I struggled at the end. I was, I, I struggled. So I said, and I've decided, look, here's how it's going to be. If we ever do this again, I said, I'll, I'll play 18 a day. But that's it. Right. So I said, maybe what we'll do is, is if we've got 36 on a Saturday, I'll caddy for Maria. I'll drive the cart. I'll help her pick her clubs. I'll uh, keep an eye on the ball for her. Right. And I'll just drive the car. And then I'll play Saturday afternoon. It's, yeah. too, it's too much. It is a lot. When, I mean, if you look back at your weekend, you had, you know, 16 to 20 hours of golf and two to four minutes of loving. And <laughs> that's, that's a lot. <laughs> you know, as frustrated as I was on the golf course, that was Maria during the loving. Total Guitar Magazine readers voted on the uh, greatest guitarists of all time. And uh, they had uh, Purple Haze Jimmy at number 10, LaGrange ZZ Top at number 9, Walk from Pantera at 8, Sabbath and Iron Man at 7, Enter Sandman, Metallica at 6, Van Halen's Ain't Talking About Love at 5, Deep Purple Smoke on the Water, which is the guitar riff every beginner guitar person learns. Right. And then, and you know, it's so funny with people who are learning guitar. And then they'll learn opening riffs, but then very tough to learn the rest of the song. Yes, Be like, right. Well, do you know, I don't <laughs> know the rest of it. No. All you get is the first 15 <laughs> seconds of, like, about a dozen songs. So you're in a campfire with a guitar around yeah. it. Yeah. And no one ever knows no. the song that everyone knows. Not one. <laughs> and no. if they do, they only know the start of it. Yeah, forget it. I'm going to bed. I haven't learned that one yet. All right. So where are we at? Top so three? Number four was Smoke on the Water, Deep Purple. Number three was Back in Black from ACDC. Okay. Ozzy's Crazy Train, number two. This is Total Guitar Magazine readers voting for the greatest guitar riffs of all time. All right. Number one, what do we think? Any idea? Well, judging by the names mm. in the other realm of the top ten, it's something from the either 70s or 80s. Yeah. Well, back a little farther. 1969. Oh, to be yes, sir. Whole lot of love. Considered the greatest guitar riff of all time, the magazine said in 1969, the year Neil Armstrong first set foot on the moon, Jimmy Page lost his own giant leap for mankind. Right. Yeah. Uh, is is Total Guitar Magazine not online? Like, have they not stepped after 1990? <laughs> <laughs> there's there's no guitar riff. Like, I guess. Sweet Child of Mine couldn't make the top ten. Right. Right. Yeah. Good point. And it'd be interesting, too, to see, you know, the age range of uh, people reading Total Guitar Magazine. Too. Right. Uh, well, it's a reading guitar. a magazine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you. It's on, it's on top of the <laughs> stack of other magazines that they're proctologists. I'm surprised they had electric guitar riffs. <laughs> so are you one who uh, constantly has your head buried in your phone when you're walking around, whether it's uh, just through your house, in a mall, on Young Street, around Dundas? <laughs> So many people are just so bad with this. And a uh, designer built a third eye that you stick to your forehead to prevent you from bumping into stuff while you're walking around texting on your phone. It's a good look, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's got a sensor that you can tell tell when you're looking down. And there's a robotic eye that alerts you when you're five feet from walking into something. How does it alert you then? I don't know. Does it vibrate? Maybe. Or does it like go like Bluetooth into your phone and give you a flash? Yeah, I don't know. 
It's even got a robotic eyelid that opens and closes when it's on oh, or off. You just imagine goodness. this thing in the center of your forehead. The guy who made it says it's supposed to be satire, and he hopes it shows people how ridiculous their smartphone addiction is. But what he's probably <laughs> done now is he's led to the likes of Apple and others who will figure out how to build this in as a feature on their phones. Alert warnings. Yeah, because we're just so bad with that. They should have something that's like a hat you wear. Uh, it's like got like a hammer that yeah. comes out and just hits you when you're about to. <laughs> uh, I guess that defeats the point of running into something, though. So every time you leave the house, you're like, keys, wallet, phone, third eye. <laughs> Turning on my third eye. You better be careful, though, because women might put it like you know, behind them. <laughs> they can right. tell if right. you're staring. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh-huh. So anyhow, that's something for you people. Because, boy, there is no more fun sport than sitting and watching. I could sit in a food court when we were once allowed and just watch the shenanigans as people were falling into fountains and banging into each other. People watching is awesome. Yeah. It, it really can be fun when you just watch. And especially if you try and, you know, predict what they're doing. Mm. You know, predict what the conversation, like, what are they so ingrained in watching yeah. that they're going you know, to run into things for, especially if they're texting and typing away. Where you see a couple arguing. What, what is that yeah. about? Maria and I have, uh, for years, we've done this in restaurants where we'll look and see like other couples and we'll try to figure out their story. Right. You know, are they married? <laughs> are they just dating? Is, what's going on here? You know. And I told you the story about years ago, I was in the Markham, uh, the Markville uh, Mall, and there was a couple who were uh, walking through the mall and just at full volume arguing. Oh, okay. And and they she, might live <laughs> close to me, actually. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know a couple like. Oh, that. Oh, I guess she got some silence this weekend. Nice to go to the cottage right. just for some peace yeah. and quiet. But I followed them all over the mall because you know he would yell and scream at her, and then she'd go into a store, and then he'd stand outside the store, and then she'd come back out, and they'd yell and scream some more, and then she'd walk away from him, and then he'd chase her down and start yelling again. Oh, it was it's brilliant, <laughs> most entertaining thing, <laughs> most entertaining thing ever. <laughs> But I will say with the phones, there was uh, something that happened over the weekend. We were golfing a bunch, and uh, I was uh, aggravated at people where I would see, because golf is slow as it is. Mm. But you get these guys who they, uh, they get up to their ball, you know, they get out of the cart. Now they, they, they walk over to their ball in the fairway. They stand there and they look. They got their phone now, and they're checking distance or they're setting it up to do whatever. Right. Then they stand there, and they stand there, and they stare, and then they go back to the cart. Now they're looking at their clubs, figuring out which one to use. Then they stroll back out. You know, three minutes later, they hit it 50 feet. (laughs) (laughs) Then they go back, and they got to put their precious cover back on their club. Right. Get back in the cart. The phone and all the technology that comes with golf now is a bit much. Uh, yeah, it, it's it good and bad, uh, like all technology with things, right? Because it used to be that you'd have to find a, a yardage marker somewhere on the mm-hmm. course. So you'd have to go looking for that in the sprinkler head, or you have three at 150, 100, and 200, right. uh, and then pace off to know the exact distance of your shot. Right. Right? And that would take some time in itself. A little faster when you've got either a range finder or... You know, an app that can tell you exactly what the distance or the watch mm. is pretty quick, actually, uh, when you can just look at it and know exactly the distance. Uh, but the problem is for the average golfer, you know, their club might go anywhere from 140 to 160. Mm-hmm. So knowing if it's, you know, 
calculating if it's 152 or 154 really makes not much of a difference, right? You just need a general number yep. as to where the green is and hope that you hit that. Yeah, and the guys who are girls who get out there and practice swing five and six times. Yeah. You know, it's enough already. <laughs> Even even with uh, so when we were playing, there was a, a couple of uh, guys in front of us. I think like a, a father and his son, or maybe grandfather and grandson, because this old man. And I want to get there one day. I truly do. But at some point, we have to know our limitations. <laughs> if it takes you eight minutes to get out of the cart, <laughs> and you need a ladder to get back in. Maybe you should be golfing like the dusk hours, not prime time. Right. Uh, the worst I, I remember, uh, it was around at Glen Abbey, and the guy in front took 18 waggles <laughs> before every shot. So this isn't practice. This is after the practice swing. Wow. He's uh, addressed the ball. He's ready to hit. And then 18 times he would waggle his hands. And it got to the point, it was so slow that we could sit and count how many times he would do it? It was 18 waggles on every shot. Needless to say, six and a half hours later, when we finished <laughs> right. the round, yeah, like it was I know, crazy. We all have our own little, uh, you know, things we do. Mm. You know, I twirl the club, I walk to the ball, and I step back, and then I come up to it, and then I address it and go, "You're a you're a pant puller upper guy." Yeah, I adjust my pocket for yes. some reason or my sleeve. But at least you get there, and you're one to two practice swings, and you go. Normally, yeah. I probably don't take enough time, right, uh, on most of my shots to kind of you know assess what where I want it to go and where I I don't want it to go. And that's right. really the the real danger in it is knowing where to miss in it. But right. you know, there are a lot of people who who don't take you know. You're probably one that doesn't take enough time oh. <laughs> to to assess <laughs> when I'm really I don't know what direction. <laughs> the hole is even going. I was in the trap at one point when I was starting to melt down like a three-year-old who's too over, you know, <laughs> stimulated. You know when a baby, too many people were holding it and touching it, and you right. go home and it can't sleep. It's, that was me around hole 15 yesterday. <laughs> and I was in a, a bunker. I must have smacked it 12 times. Right. Getting it Because then I just start. It's not even stop rolling back and I'm just swinging at it again. Right. Well, you got to remember that, that hole 15 yesterday for you was hole 68 yes. on your weekend. Yes. You know, might have been just a little bit of OG or over golf <laughs> happening. Well, I played 72 holes. No, we played 72 holes. I played 71. Guess what happened on that one hole? <laughs> not, not hard to figure out. <laughs> Look who joins us. It's Ted Reader for Helinda's Meats. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Lucky. Morning, Teddy. How are we? Uh, not too bad, you know. Living, having fun, getting yeah. ready to fire up some grills. Beautiful. Well, we saw online your sandwich, and uh, Lucky mentioning, and I quote, he felt a stirring in his pants oh, upon the viewing of that roast photo. beef on Weck. Oh, my goodness. Dipping into gravy. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> it looked terrific, Ted. Uh, you got a little chubby, did you? Mm, yeah. <laughs> so that got me thinking about roast beef in general. We talk steak a lot, but roast to me is always kind of a, sun, a Sunday winter kind of thing. In the oven, roasting for a few hours. What's some tricks to doing a really nice roast on your grill, Ted? Well, you know, you don't have to buy the whole big prime rib. It's uh, great to buy a smaller one. Two-bone, three-bone, four-bone. When it's a little less expensive and it feeds enough people in the family. And it won't set you back a whole ton right. of money. Right. Because right. beef prices right now are through the roof. Mm -hmm. um, and they're continuing to go up. 
brisket, prime rib, strips, steaks, things like that, the prime cuts, they're all going up in price. So, you know, uh, a nice three-bone prime rib is a good thing you can do on your on your grill. If you're looking... Your smoker, and you'll be able to feed the family nicely. If you're looking, um, Teddy... The key Ted, is not to overcook. Ted, if you're looking for maybe, like, a cheaper roast, even staying away from a prime rib, like, you see all sorts of different cuts of roast in your grocery stores. What's a, what's a, what's a decent roast uh, that outside of a prime rib that you, you could look for, price-wise? Well, I, I would look at the... Um, the the sirloin roast, the top sirloin roast, or the bacana. Okay. okay. And because it's about three to four inches thick and looks a little bit like a triangle, and it's a great uh, piece of meat that you can do on your grill, not overcook it, and slice it thin, and it'll be delicious and easy. Mm-hmm. Or you can look at, uh, <clears throat> you know, a brisket is a roast as well. Right. 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 So you can do that. You can do a chunk of strip loin if you'd like to. Instead of doing uh, a prime rib, which is the ribeye, basically. And so any cut, really, just a larger cut of the meat will do. Uh, inside round, outside round will work as well. Mm-hmm. And a tri-tip is a wonderful thing to do on the grill. Right. Now, and it's not super huge, right? It weigh up to about two pounds. Ted, if you're, if you're attacking this now, I mean, I've always remembered you know, rib or prime rib. If you're going to do a roast on the barbecue, a lot of guys would go rotisserie mm. uh, first when it comes to that. What's your recommendation? Oh, rotisserie is easy because it's, it's a set it and forget it and let it spin just nice and slowly and it's self-base as the fat starts to render and then it just drips around it and around it and around it. Uh, it's a heavenly thing. Firing up that rotisserie, pulling it out from the bottom of your grill if you've never used it, scrubbing it off. <laughs> and uh, Google online the basics on, on the type of rotisserie you might have for your grill on how to use it and set it up. Uh, pop that prime rib on there and let her spin. Doesn't yep. take long. Internal temperature, take it to, if you're looking for rare to medium rare, take it to 125 degrees and let her rest. And are we uh, be ready for slicing? Are we doing things like putting little uh, little knife slices into it and stuffing garlic into the slices? How are we seasoning it before it goes on um, the grill? I'm a I'm a very simple salt, pepper, garlic kind of guy. I do like to make the slashes and poke cloves of garlic into that. Fresh rosemary always works well with a prime rib, as does dill, uh, thyme, all great uh, herbs to go with it. And just let it spin nice and slow. And if you're not going to do it, uh, if you if you don't have the rotisserie. You can do an indirect. So put it in your grill, run it at a low temperature, like 235 degrees, just nice. And just imagine that piece of meat sitting in a sauna. Mm. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Just Perfect slowly coming up to temperature. And when you get that at 125, then fire up the grill and give it a sear on either side and call it a day. And if you're dusting off a rotisserie that you've never used before, make sure it's an automatic one because it's going to be a long time to sit there <laughs> crank. And, and crank it yourself. Like you're starting an oh, old car. It, it's, it's a long day, especially like <laughs> when, when I used to have my restaurant down in the Dominican Republic. Um, we, did, we, we would do pig roasts on Sundays. Right. And I would hire these local guys to come, and they would just sit there and spin all day long. Wow. And they would just turn the pigs one at a time, one guy per pig, and just constantly turning it. And then we'd give them, you know, we'd pay them, and we'd also give them a great lunch, and we'd give them lots of cold beer while they did that. Beautiful. And finally, it's Teddy. a good job. <laughs> yeah. Why don't I get the kids outside to yeah. do it? Yeah. Here we have it. It's your turn to spin for three hours. Uh, and finally, uh, with the roast beef, are you pro horseradish or anti? Anti-horseradish, Ted. Oh, 
I'm I'm pro horseradish, and the hotter the horseradish, the better. If it can blow the top of your head off, that stuff's good. <laughs> it gets into the sinuses, eh? Boy, it really clears the melon out when it's a strong one. Well, over at Helenda's, there's a brand I, uh, that I buy. It's called Harry's Horseradish. Okay. And uh, they have an extra hot that I quite like. Pretty tasty. All Pretty right. tasty. We will do that then, Teddy. People want to talk grilling, roast beef, any any meat on the grill, fish as well. How do they get a hold of you? Ah, you're going to find me in the social media world at Ted Grills. Congratulations to Megan Markle. She had uh, a little baby girl on the weekend. Yes. She and Prince Harry. Very interesting name um, with Lilibet Diana. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's uh, maybe a bit of a peace offering across the pond, mm. too. Um, Lilibet was the uh, the nickname that uh, his grandmother had. I guess her father uh, used to call him the king. used to call her Lilibet uh, when she was young. And uh, uh, Prince Philip as well called her that. When she wrote a letter to him, her final send-off on his casket, she mm. signed it as Lilibet. So they'll call her Lily uh, by that name. And, of course, the, uh, the second name being a tribute to his late mother, Diana, as well. I figure if they had another son, they could have named him Jughead. <laughs> Archie and... <laughs> Right. And congratulations to Donald Trump, who looks like he's prepared to give birth any day now. <laughs> what was the deal with those pants? So bad. And, and I think even worse is the inordinate amount of time that had to be spent staring at the midsection <laughs> of Donald Trump over the weekend to determine... Was there a zipper? Did he? Because at first they were saying he had his pants on backwards. It looked like it, but how could he? I, I, well, I mean, you can't. You literally, someone else would have to put those on for you, right? Right to do to do those up. Uh, and I mean, unless it was like you know a last second mustard stain or something, and you had to throw it. Like, why the hell would you possibly do that or not delay and get a pair of pants? And then people started saying that he's incontinent and, and wearing yeah. pens or something. But, but even then, you think the lump would be in the back. Or true. Well, unless uh, it looks like he's got the Guinness going on there, pretty good. It was just, it was just really bad, and all the the wrinkles on the suit just made it even worse. Uh, but it, it, it wasn't a good look. But I love the, you know, right away people are like, well, if it's incontinence, you really shouldn't sure. attack him for yeah. that because it's, you know, it's a bodily function. A lot of people go through it. And, you know, uh, which is very true. Mm. If it weren't him right. and if it weren't someone who attacked other people for things that were beyond their control. Right. You know, talking about mock people with physical disabilities, the whole Slow Joe campaign. Mm. This is all mocking people for things that, you know, are medical issues, perhaps, that could be out of their control. If that's his case, why should we now back off of him? Turns out it was Ted Cruz in his pants. <laughs> Rock Mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.